Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day to all the dads that are here today. All the, all the men that want to be dads, uh, you can... Uh, I'll give you an early Father's Day gift to you as well. Happy Father's Day to you too. Bless you. Excited to be uh, able to call myself a father, a dad. Somebody, somebody said to me, said, hey, if you only have one child, you really can't be a father. I, I, begged, I, I begged to differ on that because um, <laughs> I paid to differ on that. I understand what it means to be a dad. Absolutely. Sure do. Amen. Got proof. Got proof. Got proof. I even got gray hair to prove it. How about that? <laughs> I got gray hair to prove that I'm a, I'm a father here. Amen. This morning we're going to go to John 3.16. As you get to John 3.16, we're going to start reading. We're talking about the Father's heart is going to be the message title today and the kind of heart every father should have. And uh, this is a special Father's Day message out of John 3.16. I'm going to pull some information out of here, some revelation to me that hopefully will help you understand uh, the kind of heart every father should have. If you are a father, uh, you, you know you ought to have this kind of heart. And if you're looking to be a father at some point in your life, you ought to have, have this kind of heart. But the truth be tro- told is that every person should have this kind of heart. It really does. If God's no respect to persons, and, and so every person, this will have some, uh, some relevance to the ladies as well. So, uh, Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to minister the word of God, to bring forth a word that's going to be true. It's absolutely your word, a word that will cause our hearts to change and not be the same as they, as they have been as we walked in their doors. We'll be changed, Father God, because of what we hear this morning. And faith will come by hearing and hearing by your word. And Father, that which we hear, Father God, will become doers of your word, not just hearers only, but will do the word that you desire for us to do. So we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Say, say amen, somebody. Amen, amen, amen. John three sixteen. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're reading through verse number 21. It's his only begotten son that whoever believes in him uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the con- condemnation uh, that is in, is in light. The light uh, has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Verse number 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Amen. Look back at verse number 16 for a minute. We're going to start right there. We're going to break down some information for you today that will help you understand, help us understand, really, what some of the purposes of God are in reference to his heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, he says for that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In verse number 16, the first purpose we're looking at today is that the purpose, purpose-filled giving. Purpose-filled giving. When God himself loved the world, 
he had identified to us that he was going to do something that was so much different than any, anybody else that had ever done anything. And purpose-filled giving was what he was all about. So if any father is going to be a giver, it has to have a purpose. It has to have a purpose. Because often we, we find people that give and don't really have any intention at all. They just kind of give because, uh, you know what, I got it to give, I'll just go ahead and give it. I got it to, to, to give it away, I'll go ahead and give it away. But to have purpose in our giving, there's something that comes along with that. There's something that comes along with that. So God was a purpose-filled, listen, his giving was purpose-filled. It wasn't empty. Have you ever received a gift from somebody that they just kind of, well, didn't really throw it at you, but you know they didn't give a lot of thought to it? They didn't give a lot of thought to it? Now, you may have received a gift from somebody that may have been a very, very nominal gift, but you know that's their heart. You hear what I'm saying? They, they may have even given you just a card and wrote in the card a blank, a blank, blank some, some statement that they could, because they couldn't find, find anything else. They may have given you a piece of paper and said, I love you. That gift to you meant more to you than somebody throwing a $100 bill to you and say, be, be warmed and filled. Do you know that being warmed and filled does not necessarily mean that we don't, we don't supply somebody with something. Often we're thinking of the scripture talking about being warmed and filled. Listen, be warmed and filled. I'm going to pray for you and go about your way. We may be doing the very same thing by praying for somebody, giving them something and saying be warmed and filled. We may be doing the very same thing by having a wrong attitude about it. There's no purpose-filled giving there at all. The purpose is really not to really bless somebody or to, to acknowledge the fact that they need help at that, at that moment or, or, or acknowledge the fact that God's with them at that very moment. What we're doing at that point is just saying, you know what, I'm going to get you out of my way. I'm going to get you out of my way. Listen, I've got a $100 bill. You don't have a $100 bill. You need a $100 bill. Take it and leave me alone. I'd much rather have somebody spend some time with me and pray with me and not even have the money, but encourage me and give me hope. Purpose-filled giving. You hear that? Purpose-filled giving. A lot different than just giving. A lot different than just, just, just throwing, throwing, throwing something at somebody because you have it. See, I think sometimes as Christians, we get to the point where we uh, don't always understand that, uh, well, we kind of, we, we do this thing, especially in the United States. We have a tendency to really just kind of throw money at stuff. Just throw money at stuff because that solves a problem that somebody else has, and now, now we're no longer responsible, so we think. There are missionaries that go overseas and throw their life at stuff. That's purpose-filled giving. Now, not all of us are going to be called to be missionaries, but the idea is, that, is this, is that we're going to be purpose-filled givers. We have to think like God thinks, and his desire is that he loved the world so much he gave his only. Listen, gave his only. Didn't have two, only gave, he only had one, gave his only, that we'd have everlasting life. He gave his, ex, his, his only to us. God did that for our, our sake. Isn't he a good God? Isn't he a good God? Isn't he a good God? Amen. Either one person believes he's a good God. Amen. That's all right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then there's this purpose-filled believing. Purpose-filled believing. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So again, there, there, there's a giving part of it, then there's a, then there's a believing part. Then there's a believing part. You can believe and believe and believe and believe, but to believe in what? For what purpose? How are we going about believing? Is our purpose, is our believing purpose-filled, or is our believing just kind of, well, you know, I believe it. 
I believe you did it. I believe you, I believe you, you came through. I believe, you, the evidence is here. You did it. So I believe it. The reality is that we don't have a whole lot of evidence other than the word of God to believe today. This is what we have to believe. Has any of you seen Jesus face to face without, him, uh, without a revelation I'm talking about? I'm not talking about a visitation. I'm talking about were you there uh, six, uh, 4,000 years ago when he's on that cross? Were you there at that moment when he died? At that Were you there? Per, well, physically today, your physical body, you're 55 years old, 60 years old. You couldn't have been there because you're not old enough. So none of us were there, but yet we still what? We still believe. Now, if there's no purpose in our believing, what says, if there's no purpose in our believing, then we would not go about doing the, the will of God in our lives today. See, without purpose, there's no doing the will of God. Without purpose, there's no establishing God's kingdom here, on the, here in the earth. Without purpose, there's no desire to really see things accomplished on behalf of the kingdom because we are just believing on our own accord. And so to believe with purpose, to have purpose-filled believers, you see, God loved the world that much, he gave us the ability to believe him. Now watch this part. When we identify with Jesus Christ, identifying that he really has come on purpose, sent from heaven on purpose, given by his Father on purpose, our believing becomes now on purpose. I believe on purpose now because God did what he did on purpose. He didn't do it by accident. He didn't do it by oh, some willy-nilly idea that he had. He desired that we would have an opportunity to have a Savior in the earth. He desired that we would have an opportunity to meet him through his Son. Because of that purpose-filled giving, we now have a purpose-filled believing. Purpose-filled believing puts us in a place where we're saying, God, I thank you right now that I believe on the Son of God. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You see, a father like that, a father like that, a father that has a desire to give that kind of way and then has the desire to see his children believe him like that. Can you imagine, imagine you know, when, when said he's a little kid, little baby boy, you know, this guy, man, he believed everything I said. Everything. I mean, everything. Everything I said. And most of us do that with our, with our parents, right? We believe everything this until we, until we start growing up, we get different opinions. We get different thought processes. We can begin to think a little bit differently, begin to get a different philosophy, a different uh, understanding about things. And, and then we have to be convinced. But here's the, here's the deal. God, God never stopped giving when he gave Jesus. He never stopped giving. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's, that's where it started. But he didn't stop giving when he gave Jesus. He kept giving us life and life more abundantly. He kept giving us peace when we needed peace that passes all understanding. He kept giving us joy when we needed joy that was unspeakable and full of glory. He kept giving us everything that we needed in our lives. God kept on giving. So in God's giving on purpose over and over and over and over and over again, his expectation is that we believe on purpose too. Now we have a reason to believe on purpose because our God gave on purpose. We have a reason. We have no excuse. The world has no excuse not to believe it because what God did was on purpose for them. Every, every one of us, every one of us, we're going straight to hell. And listen, I don't care how, how good we lived, how nice we were, what kind of good deeds we did. But if we did not believe, 
on the one who gave his only begotten son, if we did not believe him on purpose to live out the purpose of our lives, we would not be able to experience this life that we live now by faith in the Son of God, who died on purpose, by the way, and gave himself for us. So purpose is very important here. So we look at this. So purpose-filled giving is the one thing. Number two is purpose-filled believing. Purpose-filled believing. Verse number 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. <laughs> I like that. But that the world through him might be saved. You know, after you've got this believing thing going on, you recognize God's purpose is happening in your life. It's all purpose-filled uh, giving. Uh, you all recognize that his purpose, your li- our living now is, excuse me, our believing is now purpose-filled. There's a purpose-filled living that begins to happen. See, living on purpose only happens as a result of believing on purpose. Living on purpose only happens as a result of believing on purpose. If there's no purpose in our believing, living does not happen. Living to the glory of God does not happen. We live our lives out to some degree. We live our lives out to to help other people out. We live our lives out because we feel that's the best thing to do. We live our lives out because we're breathing. What purpose is involved? You see, if you've been saved because of the Father has given his only begotten Son, you now believed him on purpose also because he gave on purpose, and now you begin to live on purpose. We begin to live on purpose. Now, living on purpose, again, is going to require that we make a decision at that point. See, decision and purpose kind of go hand in hand. When I decided to follow Jesus, I decided to live for him. I decided that, okay, this is the way he wants me to go. This is the way I'll do it because he has a purpose for my life. How many of you heard that God has a plan for your life? You heard that statement before. God has a plan for your life. Well, if God's got a plan for your life, what do you think is better, his plan or your plan? You think his plan is better than your plan? So if he gave on purpose, expects us to believe on purpose, don't you think he thinks we ought to live, he knows we ought to live on purpose? Live with purpose? Live on purpose for the king? And so living on purpose means that we do it the way we des- he desires for us to do it and not any other kind of way. So we give ourselves to the Lord that kind of way. So let's keep on reading here. And so we've got purpose-filled living. He did not send his son into the world to, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, I'm going to look at something here for you for a minute, because I want to relate these, uh, I'm going to give you those, these four things. The last thing is this, purpose-filled preserving. Preserving. You know what it means to preserve? Health, preservation, and soundness of mind is salvation. God purposefully saved us. He saved us on purpose. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't by accident that he saved us. We got to a place where he gave his son. He gave on purpose. We believed on purpose. And then we live on purpose. And he saved us on purpose. And continually has us to live. He said, and I'll break this down for you here. If you go back to verse number 16, you'll see that his purposeful, purposeful giving starts with this. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's his purposeful giving. He gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever, whoever believes, that's purpose-filled believing. And that he said uh, they would not, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life is purpose-filled living. Everlasting. 
Not just a, not just a short time, but everlasting. And then he moves on to verse number 70. For, for he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through, the, through him that the world might be saved. That's purpose-filled preservation, purpose-filled preserving. He preserved us on purpose. God's not playing around with this thing. He, listen, you probably have never seen this in the scripture before. You probably have never seen it like that, like I've described it right here. And I just happen to use some different, 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 different words with you. The, the words are right here in the Bible. But the purpose-filled aspect of it is, is something that God wants us to understand. It's not that, that he does things by happenstance. You see, we've been called for such a time as this. This is not by accident that you're here this morning. Not by accident that you happen to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not by accident that you've chosen to live this kind of life today. It's not by accident. Jump down to verse number 21. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to read verse number 18, and then we're going to focus on 21. Read verse number 18 and through 19 and 20. He said, for he who believes in him did not, uh, is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him, believe is condemned already. But he has not believed in, him, in the name of uh, the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and that men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he, here's it, I want you to focus here, but he who does truth, does the truth, comes to the light that the deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now, if we focus on verse number 21, that last verse there, there's three things he talks about real clearly here. He says one number, one is to do the truth. One that does the truth. He says to live the truth, do the truth, do the truth. That's what we have to live. You see, as we, le we left off on, on purpose-filled living and purpose-filled preserving, we have to really begin to do the truth. We have to actually live it out. He's, his desire says, but he who does the truth comes to the light. Not the one who doesn't, but the one who does. I'm focusing on the positive here because of, in, the very, in 18 to 20, you've got some negative things that we look at in reference to how we're be, being already condemned, those folks that are condemned that don't believe in Christ. But we are the ones who believe in Christ. So let's get right to the quick right here and understand what we have the responsibility to do. But he who, who does the truth comes to the light. So what? Do the truth. And then it says this, but he, but he who comes to the light, uh, comes, uh, does the truth, comes to the light, th that his deeds may be clearly seen. Now, I like this because... In the previous verse, it talks about being exposed. For verse number 20, it says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds, deeds should be exposed. Well, for those who do come to the light, those who come to the truth or do the truth, their that their deeds may be clearly seen. We want our deeds to be clearly seen. The deeds that we do, watch this, the deeds that we do in the dark when nobody else is watching, we want them to be clearly seen by somebody else. But those who do the deeds in the dark that are no, not saved, you know what happens? They don't want anybody to be, they don't want to be exposed, do they? Does anybody that does wrong want to be exposed? No. But here's the deal. Often those of us who do right are doing right in the darkness, desiring to be exposed, and sometimes people don't even see it. You didn't hear me. You did not hear me this morning. Sometimes people don't even see what you do in the darkness. Because they can't see because they're not in the light either. They want to be in the light with you. They want to be in the light so bad. They want to get to the place where they can be in the light too, but they're not in the light with you as well. He says, so, but, but he who does the truth 
comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen. So we want our deeds to be clearly seen. We want our deeds to be clearly seen. So we do the deeds. Then lastly, that we do them in God. As we're doing our deeds in God, as we're doing our deeds in the Lord himself, we're saying to the world, we do not care what you think. It's okay that you don't think well of us. That's all right. We don't, we don't, we're not bothered by that. What we understand is that God truly does love us the way he says he loves us. So our purpose-filled giving father is kind of hard that we as fathers ought to have. Our purpose-filled believing that we do as our father desires for us as men to do and women to do is the kind of believing we ought to have. Our purpose-filled living, going about living this life that God wants us to live, is the kind of life that we ought to live before him. Our purpose-filled preservation, our purpose-filled preserving is what God has done for us and we can't do for ourselves because none of us can save ourselves. It's about him saving us. He did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. And then lastly, we're doing the truth, we're doing the deeds, and we're doing doing it in God. As we do it that way, we do our lives that way, there's action involved. It's not a matter of just getting things done because we feel like this can be done the way we want to get it done. We want to get it done because the way the Father wants it done is the best way to get it done. The kind of heart every father should have is right in the Scripture. The kind of heart every person should have is right in the Scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's more to that scripture than just a little bit of thinking about, well, God did a great thing, that's wonderful. I get a chance to participate in everlasting life. No, it's all on purpose. And we don't live this everlasting life unless we do it on purpose. Father, I thank you this morning for those that are here. I bless you, Father, for the lives of the individuals that have come to this household of faith that you have blessed us, Father, with all spiritual blessing. You've given us, every one of us, a desire to please you. You've given every one of us a desire to understand who you are in our lives and what you want to accomplish through our lives. God, do a work within our hearts, Father. Cause us to change. Cause us not to be the same that we've been all the time, but, but to be ones that see ourselves in a different capacity. God, there's nothing like you. There's nobody like you, God. God, we bless you now. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the hearts of believers right now, that you're changing us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Lord, as you move, Lord, as you move amongst the people in our audience today, move amongst the people in our congregation today, Father, let us, every one of us, see. Let every one of us see your purpose for our lives. Let every one of us see your purpose for saving us. Let us, every one of us, see your purpose, Father God, for us believing, your purpose for giving. We want to do it your way, Father God. We don't want to do it any other kind of way. We don't want to just simplify the scripture. We don't just want to simplify what you have given to us, Father God, to the degree that we can understand with our natural mind. We want our spirits to catch it as well. We want to be able to say that, yes, we've got a hold of this thing called the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And let this good news change us from faith to faith and glory to glory. God, do what only you can do in our hearts. Say this when we say, Father God, take my life on purpose. Use me, Father. For your glory. Allow me to see, Father, that I am a believer on purpose. I'm living on purpose. I'm preserved on purpose. I'm doing the truth on purpose. I'm doing the deeds on purpose. I'm doing it unto you. 
on purpose. And Father, I thank you for every one of those who have prayed that prayer with me today, are living out this life on purpose and doing it for your glory. For you, the Father, the ultimate heart for all of your children. You are no respecter of persons. You love every one of us the same. And God, as you do multiple things in our lives today, we give you the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. Now, if you come this morning and you don't know, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you know who you, know who you are. If you've been in a situation, maybe perhaps you've been in church and you've been going to church for a long time and church has been the thing you do when your parents make you come or a friend makes you ask you to come or you visit on a, a particular Sunday that's a special Sunday. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day that you can change your life and you can see your life change because God can change your life. If that's you this morning, you're saying to yourself, Pastor Cedric, I've been to church, I've been involved in church and I need to know Jesus. I'm not ashamed of, uh, of my life. Uh, I'm not ashamed of, of coming to know Jesus today because I've lived my life in the world uh, uh, in front of folks all the time. But I want to live my life in front of Jesus today. I want to live my life in front of Jesus and give myself completely to him. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand real high and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to know who Jesus is for myself. I don't want to know him through somebody else. I want to know him for myself. I don't want to know him through my parents or somebody else. I want to know him for myself. I want to know who he is. Father, I thank you this morning that every person under the sound of my voice today understands who Jesus is, lives for him, and has given their life completely and wholeheartedly to him. Now, God, I ask that you would baptize us even today, Father, to be ones that will go out into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, making disciples of men, making disciples of women, doing that which you've called us to do, that will make a difference in somebody else's life. So, God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.